0: Hello everyone, super excited to be joined by Killian from c Fitness this week. Um, Killian, do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah,
1: one hundred percent. So my name is Kilian. Um, my company is Seamlessly Fitness. So I'm a online personal trainer and a nutritionist. And I'm currently based out of Sligo at the moment. Um, and my main objective really is to help girls in their twenties and thirties to lose weight and feel a bit more confident in themselves.
0: Perfect. And what what um what drew you to your profession? So like, what's your background?
1: I suppose um. As a kid, like from a young age, I was always heavily involved in sports um, and I had a very big interest in the anatomy and like physiology of the body and how it works um, and how nutrition works as well. So originally I wanted to go in as a personal trainer, or sorry, as a physiotherapist um, and I remember studying like crazy for it and not getting the points. So I was pretty devastated over it and ended up doing a course in Sligo uh, called Health, Science and Physiology. Which really opened up my eyes to, you know, there's a lot more to health than just, say, the physiotherapy side of things. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like a journey I really wanted to go down anymore, which at the time shocked me, but I'm so glad it did. Um, and from there, I went on to do my personal training certificate and um, went on to do my honours degree and master's in human nutrition and sport nutrition. So my path altered quite a lot, even though it did stay in the, the health you know rain of stuff but it, it did change quite a lot so we went from you know physiotherapy to personal training and nutrition um, and i'm so glad i made that choice in the end as well
0: perfect and what what kind of drew you to um so c maxi e fitness and the kind of the market that you target then at the moment with your with your business
1: yeah, I suppose I've always been a, a people's person. I love chatting to people. Um, I'll probably keep you on this phrase <laughs> if I got the chance, you know. But um, like, I'm very good with people and love chatting to people. And I suppose when I first started out with the personal training, I just was naturally drawn to my clientele, so girls in their 20s and 30s. It was just who I was training a lot. And I got to understand a lot of common issues that was going on and struggles that was going on. Um, and I found you know simple but effective solutions to them. So I felt just going forward, it was probably my best niche because it was what I was best at in the personal training realm round, round of things. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I decided that I'd really just push forward and just take on um, girls from their, in their 20s and 30s who really want to make a, a change to their lifestyle overall
0: perfect and you kind of you mentioned you just touched on which which kind of um leads nicely kind of into our topic saying getting started on your fitness journey you said you encountered a number of common issues what what from your kind of outsider perspective would you say for a woman in her thirties would be the common issues that you would see arise?
1: yeah so I think um one thing that kind of got me big time was and I get it a lot is the, the whole issue is around body image um, and body confidence. So, I know, and uh, you know, it is, it's quite evident throughout um, Instagram over the last few years. You know, a lot of people tend to get quite embarrassed and self conscious about their bodies because they're always comparing themselves to others on Instagram. Okay, so, you know, there's, yeah. there's always the influencers and the models <laughs> and everything. So, and I feel a lot of girls come to me starting off wanting to emulate these girls and then once we could start to open their eyes a bit more that you know like you're number one priority so let's focus on yourself and not others and that there's a lot more to just having a six-pack or you know um a nice bum or toned abs you know like there's a lot more to life than that so that's kind of I think the main issue that's that really gets uh, a lot of my clients
0: yeah no definitely I'm I'm one of those those corporates um yeah, so um, just just for everyone listening, so I just started with um, Killian with uh, this week last week. Jesus, two weeks. Yeah, about a week now. Yeah, so um, and it's been going good. Like um, I and how do you find so um, Killian service actually runs through an app, so it's all remote and it's not on the floor. And how do you find that kind of service from a provider perspective, so just being remote from a provider perspective? Initially making the
1: transition because, you know, when you're on the gym floor and you're one to one, you can really get like, hands on and show them what they're doing wrong or where they're going wrong, whereas, when you're online, you know you can't. You're not there with them doing their workout, so it's kind of hard to gauge. But I suppose yeah. with lockdown happening, it gave me a chance to get a lot of content recorded. Yeah. So I've over hundreds of videos recorded on how to do things, how to fix movements, and how to form movements. And you know, even and I find the Facebook group that we have for my clients where we discuss different topics it's quite a nice thing as well because it gets out a lot of information to the clients as well so if anything at the start it felt like they weren't you know it felt like when i was initially transitioning into it that i wouldn't be able to provide enough service whereas now i feel like they're getting 10 times more than what they would have got on the gym floor
0: yeah like i think it's definitely a transition like i know for me personally going because i've been with a few trainers say on the gym floor i think like, for me, it was a motivation thing. So you go to a gym floor trainer and they're going to kick your ass for about an hour. And so it's easy to kind of motivate yourself up for that hour. But then I think you have the kind of, you're not then accountable really for the rest of the times so that you're not with the gym trainer on the floor. So I think it's quite good to have, you know, you can go and do a workout whenever you want and you have those videos there and you can bang it out in your own time, especially when you're when you're super busy and just getting started. So, what would you say your top kind of your your big top tip for someone who who wants to get started, particularly in light of lockdown, so home workouts and stuff? To
1: be honest, the the first thing to do is just make that step. I feel like a lot of people are fearful of actually taking that first step forward, and as a result, they make up a lot of excuses to try avoid it. You know, so one analogy I, I, I use quite a lot um is don't sit in the passenger seat sit in the driver's
0: seat yeah
1: so take control so you like you can use that analogy of if you're in the passenger seat you have no control so if you're fearful of you know starting a home workout or not knowing what to do or not knowing what to eat you you know and just stay fearful of it you're never going to actually progress whereas if you actually take control of and say okay i'm going to take the first step I'm gonna get in contact with someone who actually knows what they're doing or I'm gonna have a look
0: through a few videos
1: on YouTube maybe, as long as they're, they're quite good sources um, and just try and get some basic workouts done. And once you take the first step, what I often find is, you know, everything kind of falls into place then and you can move on going forward from there. So just for anyone who is thinking about it or worry about it, just get in contact with someone that you may know who has a relatively good knowledge of home workouts or you can just type in home workouts into YouTube. Do you know, the, the main yeah. kind of, the, the, the main thing we want to look at as personal trainers or my opinion anyways, is, is to improve... The quality of someone's life and you do that it doesn't necessarily have to be taking place in the gym 24 hours a day it can be done by you know improving your step counts, getting your knees activity up just being a bit more active throughout the day not sitting down as much just making two or three more better nutritional decisions i think a lot of people get caught up with it, it has to be just gym clean eating gym clean eating when you know in reality small little steps go a long way
0: yeah yeah i'm definitely a devil for that for that um going like full, yeah so like going full on out and then getting like unbelievable results but like it's really really not um maintainable at all especially because I have such a busy lifestyle um so yeah no definitely I think that is the hardest thing is just getting started and I feel getting started maybe at home may sound a lot harder but it's actually kind of easier in a way because some people don't want to get started because they assume they need to go to a gym um Whereas now more people will be forced to kind of just get started at home by looking up a YouTube video or asking their friend if they can recommend like a workout app or even going outside for a walk or downloading like couch to 5k or like dusting off a bike that you may have. Like I find like at the weekend, the weekend before last, like I just played some tennis for an hour Um, and it's things you don't think of as like exit like I wouldn't go oh that's an hour of cardio that I've done but like I played tennis for an hour if you get me so it's those kind of things I think um and those little changes um you can make um one big question which um from talking to my friends who would be like oh I so say one of my friends would be like oh I don't want to do arm exercises because I don't want to get really bulky like What would your your kind of feelings be towards that in terms of some people that don't want to stray into weights and just want to stick with cardio because they fear that they may become bulky?
1: Yeah, and you know what? Um, That's a big question I get asked, Annie a lot, and I'm going to use this opportunity to clear it up quite a lot. And so it's a common, you know, it's probably, I get this question every day when I'm working with clients is, you know, I don't want to do strength training because I'm going to get bulky. First of all, um, you're not going to get bulky simply and purely for the fact is because females do not produce enough testosterone to put that amount of muscle on so females produce more estrogen as opposed to testosterone so that's why males find it a, a lot easier to gain weight and muscle mass is because they produce a lot more testosterone whereas females don't the only way a female if they were to start strength training and um, if they the only way they could gain or become lucky let's say is if they were to put themselves into a massive calorie surplus so eating quite a lot of food and training a lot and really hard and lastly if they were to you know take steroids and take testosterone and that's essentially the the only way a girl could get really really bulky now I have said that you may have the odd girl who might have slightly more testosterone compared to the average female but i mean it's, it's minimal and like girls do not get bulky at all and this is where i kind of try to compare what i often do is i'll show a, a client they ask me that a, a picture of a, a girl or a close friend that i know who strength who, who trains regularly or works out in the gym regularly and who looks fantastic or is in fantastic shape and i'll ask do you think you know that they, they weight train five days a week and the answer is always no. They always they presume she just does cardio. And then I actually show her what she, what she does and like how heavy she actually lifts. And you know, then once they can kind of see that, you know, strength training isn't going to make you bulky, they, they kind of open their eyes then and realize, okay, well, this is actually really beneficial for me. And if anything, just to clear it up a bit further, I know I'm ranting on a small bit, but the fact that females have more issues in compared to men, means that they're going to be more susceptible to osteoporosis. So, you know, it's damage to the bones as such. So if anything, females actually probably need to do weight training more so than males do. So it's actually imperative that females do a bit of weight training because they need to strengthen their bones. Yes. And this is the thing where, you know, I often say it to girls, you know, you need to strengthen your mineral density as much as you can because once you hit 30, it actually starts to decline a bit more compared to when you're in your 20s.
2: Oh my god! so it's really
1: really important yeah this is the thing it's really important that girls actually go out and they actually start lifting weights because you know you'll be far more susceptible to the likes of osteoporosis or stress fractures down the line which is you know that would really impair your quality of life so that's you know it's a a necessity that girls go out and actually lift some weights
0: yeah oh my god i've a year to get on it now i've always (laughs) been a um a more of a weight than a cardio person. Um but yeah I do definitely have friends. Like I, I, I've a friend in particular that I'm thinking of um who we would would have last year worked out together quite a lot and she was able to kind of lift some heavier dumbbells to do some arm exercise now when I mean heavier, I don't mean that much heavier, but she she always stayed with the very light ones because she was like, Well, I'll do the movement, but like I don't want to become bulky and she just she just automatically associated weight with bulk and i I think that is something that a lot of females will do um when it comes to fitness and the gym and everything. So, keeping with kind of weights and stuff, would you say the big question, which so many people ask, is which would you say is better for weight loss? Would you say strength or cardio, or would you kind of just say doesn't matter?
1: It's uh, ideally it's going to be strength. Now, both okay. at, at the end of the day, for, for weight loss, it's, it comes down to the simple fact that calories in, calories out. So, if you're burning more calories than what you're putting into the body, you're going to lose weight so yeah. by weight training you're going to burn calories and by cardio you're also going to burn calories too so they're both going to do that but the difference is cardio just simply elevates heart rate um, and it burns ca- calories as a result whereas with weight training you're strengthening muscle mass you're strengthening joints you're strengthening bone mineral density so there's a lot of other benefits to it as well um, so that what you'll find is if you were to do this nothing but cardio yes you would lose the weight but you know, there wouldn't be much shape to the body, let's say, in in, in basic terms, whereas if you were to do, you know, you still continue to do your cardio throughout the week, and you do maybe two to three sessions of weightlifting in the week, what you'll find is the body would become a lot more toned, and it will develop a bit of muscle, now, obviously, when I say develop muscle, you're not going to become bulky, the only way you can do that is when I refer back to, you know, maybe taking testosterone or something like that, but, Mm what you'll find is that, you know, you'll start to get really, really nice definition and the body will start to look really, really nice. So, it, you know, in, in hearsay terms, you'll have that ideal beach body as such, if that makes sense. you yeah. are trying to get a bit of a visual out there for, for people so they can kind of see it in their head. Like, I'll give you an example. I know one of my clients, um, she started with me about a year ago. And we brought her into the gym and she was very hesitant of starting into the gym because like that she felt that she was going to get too bulky. Mm. So I, I broke everything down for her and I reassured her that she would not So one, one movement that we did was a, a hip thrust. So it, you know, you're, you're moving the weight with your hips and you're pushing it up and down. Um, and when she first started it off, she started with um, 30 kilos, so 5 kilos on the barbell each side. And by the time she finished up with myself, she was lifting 120 kilos. And she looked amazing she looked amazing and she did not once look bulky and you know if anyone wants to see it there's a picture on my instagram anyways it to show the yeah. before and after of the change you know so like it's just it's a big misconception that i think a lot of people um, are afraid of so just like i'm glad we could got that opportunity to clear it up
0: yeah yeah i know definitely and yeah like that's insane like i think we need to kind of more focus on like i know one of my main reasons for lifting weights is just like I enjoy it and like just to feel strong like it's not even like appearance wise well it is obviously appearance wise because everyone has some element of appearance wise that's why they do fitness but I think there's something really empowering um from a female perspective um and even male as well like feeling strong um so yeah definitely now cardio wise I as you know hate running um I try to (coughs) love running um like my boyfriend's determined to make me a runner he runs marathons half marathons you know it's his thing I just I just hate it um and so everyone I know would usually say when you're like oh throw in some cardio everyone always associates it with running what other what would you recommend like what other forms of cardio are there that people can kind of start into? Yeah, so so this is the thing. It's just um, a lot of people do
1: associate cardio with running, and yes, running is a form of cardio. But if we break down cardio, cardio is any—it's cardiovascular, which means it's working the heart. So you know, any form of cardio is going to be something that's going to elevate the heart rate more so than what it is at rest. Yeah. So cardio could be anything, cardio could be running up and down your stairs, cardio could be swimming, cardio could be golf, cardio could be going for a brisk walk, it's anything that's going to elevate the heart rate a slight bit more than what it was at a normal pace. So, you know, when I'm telling, when I say to clients, it's like, look, yes, they have their maybe three to four dashes a week in the gym with myself or whatever, maybe the split that they're following, but what I always talk to them, say to them is, you know, if there's any kind of sport or anything that you enjoy doing that gets, you know, number one, general movement in and number two a higher elevation do that as your form of cardio it doesn't have to be running yeah. why would you do something that you don't enjoy yeah you know
0: Definitely.
1: Like it, it, this whole like when you're signing up for say a weight loss journey this is number one to improve yourself mm-hmm. number two to improve the quality of your life and number three to be enjoyed so why would you give something something they don't enjoy you yeah. know so like what i always ask clients is what do you enjoy and um, go out
0: and do that as your cardio, you know? Yeah, no definitely, like, and it's it's so funny, like, I will probably offend all of the runners out there, but he has like, his rose-tinted running glasses on, my boyfriend does, and he just, he sees running as like, it. Like, we, we last summer we both trained really hard, because we were heading away to Bali, and it was kind of our, we both aimed towards it, we worked together, and it was really good, but I didn't run, but he, he puts it all down to running. He's like, I ran and he used to be a gym rat. Like he used to be like a proper gym rat. And then he got into running and it is just, there's something about runners. Like they just wear (laughs) rose tinted running glasses that it, it will solve world hunger. But, um, like I would love to love running. And it's a case of, I think I just need to build up my cardiovascular fitness because that's one of the reasons I hate it is because you don't like doing something that makes you, like if you feel unfit when you do it. So that's why I would be like, I'd rather go for a hundred kilometer bike ride, which I did at the weekend. Cause I was like, I would do that 10 times over than go for like a 5K run. And that is so bad. So it's, it's kind of something that I would like to be able to just throw in. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a love-hate relationship. Um, so if we like where what would you say kind of if you were to throw out um without giving away all all your your tips and tricks and your plans (coughs) what would you say kind of first time person walking into a gym what kind of core compound movement should everyone make sure they kind of know or learn to do yeah, so I suppose um, it's, a, it's a good question because a lot of people will walk into the gym and they won't really know what they're doing, um, and they'll just go straight to the machines
1: and do a few machines um, that look relatively easy to do. So my like my first advice would be to number one before you actually go into the gym, just look up, just type in like Google exercises and just check them out and see how they actually work because it, you know there's no point in yourself going into a gym you know, going to a few machines and trying them out and not even know what you're working, you know, so mm. just doing nice. basic research is, is fundamental. But if anyone wants to start off and like, go in, I always suggest people to start off with their compound movements. So oh. compound movements are movements that are going to work two or more muscles. Okay, so uh, essentially the reason why we do this is because uh, number one you'll lift relatively heavy with it so you, you know it's quite taxing on the central nervous system but as a result it's going to benefit the body but number two you're actually going to work quite a lot of muscles so mm. you're killing two birds with one stone you know so it, you know you'd be working a lot more muscles than you're supposed to do and just say a bicep curl and only working your bicep so you know a, a
2: few kind of examples of compound movements will be your your bench press your squat your mm. deadlift you know, your sumo deadlifts, barbell rows, shoulder pressing, overhead press movements,
1: those basic fundamental movements, you know, they, that's what we got taught at the very at the very start of say person training, yeah. and to be honest, they, they've never left my programming, they've always been in for myself, and my clients, because those, like, it's simple, keep it simple, simple isn't sexy, but simple works, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, I think, and so, yeah, I think one of the best things I got told as well by a friend who, would be um, did physio and would be qualified PT as well. Is like you'll obviously be at the racks and you look at people who are lifting like 100, 200 kilos or something ridiculous. Um, And I think starting even just with the bar, so like a 20 kg bar or even some smaller kettlebells, and just making sure you nail the movement rather than thinking that you need to pop a bar on you and try lift it and lift it wrong because I think people just need to focus on you don't need to be lifting huge amount of weight especially initially but just kind of nailing that compound movement down because I, I see a lot of people that will say oh I go to the gym and I squat and I do this and they're just completely doing it wrong um what would you kind of say what would your kind of tips be to kind of make sure that you kind of perfect it from the, the outset yeah like 100% I mean, like
1: I'm in complete agreement with yourself um and like it's, it's you know you do see a lot of people going in and they're throwing on ridiculous amount of weight onto the bar and they're trying to perform these movements that they can't even nail down with no weight on you know and it, it's it's dangerous it's very dangerous you know um like I mean lifting heavy has its benefits when you know what you're doing but if you don't know what you're doing it's an absolute danger to yourself so like like you said my advice would be for anyone who is beginning leave the ego at home and like I know this would probably be a bit more directed at lads because we're very egoistic. Yeah. But, like, leave the ego at home and focus on the basic movement of the exercise. So, like you said, strip it, it right down to the bar or even a few dumbbells or just a kettlebell and run through the movements. And once you feel secure in the movement, you feel like it's moving quite well. And then you you, you emulate that movement to, say, a video that you've seen or maybe your PT have, has taught you it and you feel like, yes, you've, you've nailed it down quite well that's when you start to add a bit more weight onto it and continuously progress at a rate that you're comfortable with and that feels safe you know so like yeah. I would never when I was someone coming in for the first time I would never just throw them into the deep end and put a load of weight on like I would firstly run through the exercise how it works what muscles it works and how to perform it and then we would start off with bare basics and work our way up so it might even take my client three or four weeks to actually you know nail the technique down but i'd much rather spend three or four weeks of the client nailing it down as opposed to trying to perform a squat with 100 kilo on her back and you know injuring herself you know yeah
0: no i i think definitely and i know like some of my guy friends will think they're absolutely amazing and then i'll be like okay just squat there and i'll take a video of you and then they look at themselves and they're like i squat like that and you're like yeah it's like you're you're not you're not doing it correct but they it's just the more ego like you've gotten up to a certain weight that you can lift but not lift correctly so you you think you're just going to stay there and keep pushing yourself further um one thing I get and I know a lot of people anyone that's on strength training is obviously like doms and like feeling really sore the next day or two I actually find it worse the second day after but I, I don't know if that's a thing um Should you train when you feel sore or like what would you recommend?
1: yeah so like it is actually a common thing to get um for the doms to worsen on the second day um but what my advice would be is you know it, it all comes down to how much your bo- your body's willing to take so like if you feel you know yes you've the doms but you feel relatively okay off it um you know basic movements maybe not go to the intensity that you had done before but like basic movements will will actually you know loosen out the muscle as well mm. and produce uh, promote blood flow to the you know the, the, the wound Muscle as such so what's happening there is basically when you perform your exercise like a lengthening and a contracting phase in the muscle and what happens is when you lengthen that muscle out with weight on it you um, we have like the muscles are made up of muscle fibers. So tiny little if you can imagine loads and loads of strings attached together, which makes up the muscles. So what happens is when you perform these exercises, you're actually breaking down those muscle fibers. So you're causing little tears in the muscle. So um, which is kind of where you get the, the, um, the build up of that soreness mm. in the muscles. Um, but as a result you know, through adequate recovery and nutrition, you'll then build that muscle up so the muscle fibers will build even stronger and stronger. And that's how muscle building occurs essentially. So, but my piece of advice for people who are, you know, and you're going to get it quite a lot for, say, the first time you join up in a gym or the first week or two, it does get easier because the body adapts to it. But my advice would always be, you know, at the day after a workout or the second day after a workout is two things. Drink plenty of water. Mm. and go out for a walk and perform basic movements so just get the body going through a few movements like walking or even maybe some mobility work or a bit of a yoga session so that you know you're not sitting down because if you're sitting down to a the muscle's going to stiffen up and make it worse whereas if you're hydrating the body getting the water back into the muscle and moving it you're going to recover a lot quicker
0: yeah and I think water like it's definitely for some reason it's a taboo topic like some people are like oh I'm class and I don't drink any water and I'm like what like I don't understand like my boyfriend for example could go have done like a 20 kilometer run come back and only have drank a pint of water in the whole day and that's just like I don't like I drink two between two and four liters in a day just from sitting at my desk and sipping on it and I don't know if it's but even like I don't know where I get it from I think it's just from working out and stuff and so like in terms of so if we kind of stick with that kind of say water and fueling your body um, for recovery and for training and stuff like that what are the biggest kind of mistakes people make nutrition wise from the kind of when they're starting off initially
1: yeah, so, uh, you know, water is a big one. So our body is composed of 60% of water. So 60% of your total body is made up of just water. And um, so, you know, if you're if, even if you just lose 2% of your body water weight, you're in dehydration. And um, so you're dehydrated, essentially. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people forget like the, the, the benefits of that water has It improves blood flow, you know, circulation and um, focus awareness it decreases tiredness fatigue like it has a whole range of functions and benefits and like as everyone knows if we don't drink water we will die eventually yeah. so um you know and say uh, especially for in a, in a sports performance or sport nutrition kind of um, point of view like when you when you become dehydrated your focus um and your performance actually decreases quite a lot um, and you're losing quite a lot of sodium as well from the body so which is not like you, it really affect your performance quite a lot so you need to stay hydrated frequently to, to make sure that you're maintaining an optimal performance You know, so yeah. like, I would always recommend um, staying hydrated the whole time but even throughout exercise to have a bottle of water which you just mm-hmm. continuously sip it you don't have to go back water but just small sips of water back into the body will really help um, so that would be my first um, point anyways in terms of nutrition my next one would be then is to after the gym or after your workout or whatever it may be, is you know, you're after putting a body through an intense rep out of exercise, whatever it may be. So the, the, the muscle fibers are going to be broken down, they're going to be a bit worn out. So they need two things in particular. So the first thing that they need is carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, and the carbohydrates get quite a bad press. Um, a lot of people think they're going to, they're the devil and they're going to make you fat and that you can't eat carbs after six o'clock. When in reality it's 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 not true at all, it's the furthest thing from the truth. So carbohydrates essentially get broken down into glucose into the body. And glucose is what the the brain and the muscles use as its energy. So if you can imagine like a car needs petrol to run, we need our our glucose to fuel it to function. Mm. So when we do an extreme bout of exercise, or say any sort of exercise, that glucose has been used up by number one, the muscles, and by number two, the brain. So we need to actually replace that, because otherwise our muscles aren't going to recover and we're going to feel quite tired and groggy. So having a bout of carbohydrates after your workout is pretty essential, and it will really help to recover the muscles, number one, to refuel them, and actually promote some growth as well. So Mm. my suggestion would be is after your workout, have a portion of carbohydrates so a portion of carbohydrates is like a cupped handful of let's say oats or rice or pasta or potato so have that mm. cupped handful of carbohydrates and then number two and a very a very important part as well is to consume a bit of protein as well afterwards so as we know the main function of protein is to essentially uh, to refuel or sorry, to recover and repair the muscles, so the muscles will need need the necessary amino acids, which comes from protein, to recover themselves. So by ingesting that better protein afterwards as well, you're helping the muscles to recover and to repair themselves as well so my suggestion would then afterwards would be to have a portion of protein so a portion of protein would be roughly an open palm size serving so if you were to finish up your workout if you'd have a pint glass of water afterwards just to rehydrate um, and then if you were to have you know a cup handful of carbohydrates and an open palm source of protein you know you're doing something right then
0: mm, yeah definitely and like you said the, the 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 word protein there that just kind of strikes me as like there's so like the fitness kind of market or health market is flooded with so many supplements and some people will go like all out they'll be like I need new gym girls to go to the gym I need to buy all the supplements but I don't know what they do like what would your kind of advice be for people
1: yeah um, supplements get yeah. Yeah, the the, the marketing for supplements has been astronomical over the last few years and, you know, geez, I wish I had the marketing skills that those guys had. (laughs) It would be fair. Small and blow it out to be the next big thing. And I think they've marketed so well that people think that protein is this magic supplement that's going to help you automatically get a six-pack or, you know, lean out or lose all that weight when in reality it isn't. So in terms of supplementation... I always put that as the icing on the cake. So, but mm. you will need the foundations to build the cake first. So your foundations are going to be your diet. So, look at getting into that calorie deficit. Then it's going to be stress management. Uh, you know, keeping stress at bay, so you know your cortisol isn't rising. Next, then it's going to be looking at your sleep patterns, making sure you're getting a sufficient amount of sleep so that you're recovering properly and actually mm. building the body up. Then you actually have your exercising part. Are you doing enough exercise that's going to help improve the body? You know, do you have your hydration status, and then eventually after all that you can look at supplements but I mean uh, 99% of the population do not need to take one supplement if they follow the first few steps Mm -hmm. Um, like supplements will literally, they're there to supplement any deficiencies that you may have so let's say you know with the likes of protein, I only suggest to say to clients is if if they have a certain amount of protein that they're trying to hit um, and they genuinely just can't reach it, they're eating a lot but they're just struggling really really hard to actually get it and they're not getting it or let's say you know they're really really, have a busy lifestyle like yourself and you know they need to get something in really quick and without you know having to, to cook up a big meal yeah. that's when i would suggest maybe taking a protein shake to you know because it's yeah. just going to help to get that protein in but i mean like you get your protein from foods and that is always going to be the number one rule get your macronutrients so your carbohydrates your proteins and your fats from foods don't try it. that's the lazy way unless you nest like you you have to you know that kind of way yeah. try focus on developing a good nutritional relationship and getting your protein from food
0: yeah because I'll see people who like will just eat say protein bars like they're just a snack even though they haven't been working out that day or doing any like they've no and they're still probably hitting their protein but yet they're like oh this is better than a chocolate bar so I'm gonna have a protein bar and I'm just like "Mm, do you really need that protein bar so yeah well that's
1: that's it like and you know it's funny enough when people always ask me about um, protein bars like I think when you work it out there's actually there's more calories in a protein bar than there is in some chocolate bars mm. so when people ask me oh like do you eat protein bars I'm like no I'd rather have a bar of chocolate because protein bars taste like ass like
0: they're so, yeah
1: so like yes they are nutritionally better than a normal chocolate bar because they've been fortified with protein and vitamins but I mean like are you just eating it for the sake to get protein like why not instead use those calories to actually eat say like a chocolate bar that you enjoy and then get your protein elsewhere you know like I feel like a lot of people feel like oh, I must get my protein from a protein bar. No, you do not whatsoever need to get it from a protein bar. Go eat something nutritious, like a, a normal piece of food, you know?
0: Yeah. And, like, with foods, um, like, would you be – like, I know a lot of people, like, I've definitely done it in the past, like – being all or nothing I know that sounds like ridiculous but like a lot of people do it they'll go like really strict they'll cut out sugar they'll cut out everything for x amount of weeks and then they'll lose the weight they want to but then they'll binge in the end or what would your kind of guidance be for someone who's starting out trying to like eliminate foods or lose weight and stuff in terms of how how to plan their their nutrition
1: yeah, and you know that, that's a very good question, Danny. Because a lot of people take that approach to like, right, okay, I'm going to give up everything. I'm going to completely restrict my diet, restrict my lifestyle, restrict my quality of life. And yes, you probably do lose the weight because you absolutely cut everything out, um, and you probably lose it after two or three weeks. But then, like you said, uh, you hit breaking point and you binge out, and you put all the weight back on, and you're down to square one. So it is a, such a bad approach to take things. So whereas it, you know the approach that I would take, and you probably seen yourself just training with myself, is and um, you know, look at what sort of foods you're eating, look mm-hmm. at your dietary patterns and habits because everyone's going to have a different diet. Mm-hmm. No one diet fits all. Everyone's going to have a different lifestyle, everyone's going to have different needs. So, look at what you're eating and then get really aware with your portion sizing and your calorie contents. So, if you can record a diary, or even say start recording it into like a calorie count snap, like my fitness style let's say, and just actually see how many calories you're, you're genuinely consuming in a day. So, like what you might find is, and uh, you know you might be only burning roughly maybe 2,000 calories but you could be eating 3,000 calories worth of food and not even realise
2: you yeah. know
1: so that would be my first kind of point is look at what you're eating and count it out and then try to reduce it from there it's not necessarily like sugar's making you fat or fat's making you fat that's not it it's you're mm. eating too much than what you're burning and yeah. that is the simple of it and if you reduce what you're eating overall you're going to reduce sugar content you're going to reduce fat content do you know what I mean yeah so by, by looking at your food and your patterns of what it is you're actually eating and actually getting a bit more nutritionally aware that's where you'll make big differences
0: yeah and I think one kind of thing that um i know where like is portion control like you pour yourself a thing of cereal and you're like that's definitely a recommended daily allowance like that's definitely the 30 grams and then you wait and you're like that is not 80 grams of cereal like those (laughs) kind of things and pasta and stuff as well like you kind of like i think like i know personally from my kind of eating history and stuff and um like using my fitness pal was definitely a worry for me but i think if i use it positively just to kind of recognize what a portion of thing like I think weighing things out so you get into your mind what an actual portion of a food is is kind of good because if you're not really aware you're overeating without realizing you're overeating if that makes sense yeah oh 100% and like this is it's the approach I usually take
1: with people I mean like I will always get my clients to start weighing out their foods just at the very the very start to show them exactly how much Mm. they're actually you know, and then from there show them that like what two thousand calories looks like or fifteen or sixteen or seven, whatever it is they're on, what that actually looks like in food and in portion sizing. And then after that, I mean you can go down two routes. Some people enjoy the calorie counting and love it and they feel like it works for them. And if that's their case completely fine, you keep doing that. But if you're someone who does like, you know, doesn't really like it, what we just do then is once you become nutritionally aware of portion sizing you don't necessarily have to count them because you yeah. know roughly how like what it looks like to eat 1,900 calories or 2,000 calories, um, and then you become a lot more nutritionally aware. So one big approach that I like to take is get the clients to that awareness, so that let's say they know one day, okay, well you know what, I'm not counting my calories, but I definitely ain't over 2,000 calories today. So tomorrow yeah. what I'm going to do is just reduce it a small bit, and then there's that balance there, you know, and then you're not stuck and tied to any restrictions or any fad diet or anything like that. You're eating the diet that suits your needs needs, needs at that given time and you're still losing
0: the weight yeah and I think you become kind of more conscious of food like I know I ate like yesterday I had like a just a sugar sum because I was doing loads of work yesterday um as I was saying to you and I ate like a mini you know the boost bars like a mini boost bar and it's 179 calories for a measly bite I was like it's not worth it I'm like that is not like, so I think even when you're kind of tracking and stuff, you become aware of food that's worth it. Like salads is a big one because you can throw billions of things into a salad and it's not very high. It doesn't have a very high caloric content or like there's snacks and stuff out there that you can have that are like calorie conscious, but it still satiates you. So I think becoming aware of those things, once you're aware of them and once you know what a portion is like you don't necessarily need to get up every morning weigh your oats out weigh your cereal out weigh whatever you're having out just once you get that kind of learning in you I think I think that's definitely because I'd say so many people out there are consuming they're like oh I definitely haven't had over 2000 calories today and then they track it and they're like I've had three and a half thousand calories today
1: and that's it, and that's, the, that's the, the scary thing about it because you genuinely might think, Oh, I definitely haven't eaten that. Like, I can tell you I haven't. And then when you start tracking it and actually see everything you're putting into the body, and like, this is the big thing, like, actually seeing how much calories and different things. Because I know, like, a big downfall for a lot of people is when they're, they're like, Okay, I want to lose weight, so I have to start eating healthy. And um, so, next thing they start whipping out the avocados,
2: mm. the eggs,
1: and the oils. And don't get me wrong, yes, great sources of food, but they're also extremely high in calories. Oh, yeah. Like, avocados and
0: olive oil is just pure fat oh, uh, and everyone is a calorie No, olive oil is just a card like I'm lucky that I will eat a salad and I'm not a fan of salad dressings but I see friends will absolutely drench theirs and I was like that's about 300 calories in salad dressing right there like there's things you don't realize and you think you're being healthy but are super high in calories
1: Exactly, and like, don't get me wrong, like olive oil is a f- great nutritious source mm. of food, you know? but like, like I was saying, in every one gram of fat, there's nine calories, and in protein and carbs, in every one gram, there's four calories, so in fats, there's more than double, and then what happens is people are like, oh, well, it's olive oil, it's a healthy food, I'm going to absolutely ladder it onto my plate, and next thing, you could have put it on about 400 calories extra, you know. Mm. Um, and like, this is the concept that we need to get people a bit more aware of, yes, it's healthy, but it's high in calories so you need to be a bit more aware of it and not go overboard like all the other foods so if you can create that calorie awareness and that awareness with portion sizing you have done an extreme amount of improvement to your nutritional habits
0: yeah so i think that that's definitely like a good point for starting like i think even if you're kind of scared to start with the fitness and the exercise of it all i think if you can nail down the calories and being aware of portion size and stuff like that and then slowly introduce yourself into fitness because I know a lot of people will be like oh well I can change my diet really easy but I'm really apprehensive about exercising so I think if people start even putting themselves in in a calorie deficit um that will will definitely help um well I think we'll we'll start wrapping up now um unless there's anything else you kind of want to add um
1: yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed it on the head there. My, my advice just to finish it off nicely and wrap it up nicely for anyone who is thinking about, you know, starting this journey um, of improving their, their health and fitness is to get a big, say, an A3 piece of paper and map everything out. So assess your nutritional habits and assess your fitness habits and assess your mindset habits too. Mm. See all the positive things you do first and then look at the things that you could improve on and then make simple steps and changes to the things you can improve on. I like guarantee, you know, it'll work. Like, like, like I always say, simple isn't sexy, but simple works, you know. Yeah. And if anyone, like, it's just, if, if that's kind of where you're thinking um, and you want to improve something, that's the best approach.
0: Yeah, because I think, I think it's great overall having really big, like, overarching goals with fitness and health, but in the long term, it's not going to motivate you. Whereas if you set yourself, oh, I want to lose a kilo within the next three weeks or something or two weeks, That's going to be a lot more achievable than saying, okay, by the end of the year, I want to lose 30 kilos because you won't reach it as quickly, if that makes sense. So I think if you do small, simple steps to a fitness kind of journey and to your health and stuff, it's a lot more easy to achieve because we're motivated by seeing the scales go down. We're motivated by a pair of jeans fitting that used to fit, but now fit a lot better. So I think kind of smaller things. Um, just to wrap up, I'm just going to put you on the spot. Um, I'm going to try to one pit and one peak with everyone that comes on the podcast. So if you look back in your last week, what was your pit of your week and what was your peak of your week? Okay, let's see, let's see. You're not me on the spot here. No, that's fine, that's completely fine. I suppose
1: um, one pit was last, and I I think I'm being quite hard on myself here, is last week I was away on holidays with my friends, or I'm sorry, with my family, apologies, um, and as a result... Uh, work balance, well, work took a hit. So I think it was a bit of a pit because my my mentality was I can never switch off and relax, um, and I think that's yeah. a big downfall. You know, as you could probably tell yourself. Um, so I I felt quite guilty for actually taking the break. So I think that was one pit for sure but then you know I, the peak part of it was um, and it's been something I've been really working hard on was actually I sat down with myself and I did a bit of journaling and I established oh. that behavioural connection and said well look I mean you know you're entitled to a few days off you work quite hard so don't feel guilty about it so I think the peak was actually understanding that that behaviour pattern you know I shouldn't feel guilty about it and that you know I, I, I'm glad I took the break off so if that kind of answers it, the question for you I hope it does
0: yeah I know definitely and I think it's it sounds stupid but it can definitely translate them back into health and fitness like if you have a day where you're just doing really bad and you eat the cake it doesn't matter like (laughs) yeah like it's not a be all and end all like it's a day like you need to live your life like yesterday I had some cake because we had like a, a celebration thing so but I wasn't gonna beat myself up about it like I tracked it it was fine I was a little bit over what I wanted to consume for calories for the day But you need to kind of let these things go um, and just like live your life. So I think the same, like you really need to have that work-life balance and you're not going to be as good towards your clients if you're not giving yourself a break as well because you will burn yourself out. So you're doing your clients a just service by also taking a break, if that makes sense.
1: Exactly. And I mean, like how can you give your clients or say the people you love your life the best if you can't do the best for yourself. Exactly. So, I mean, self-love and self-improvement on yourself, if you can get that up, you're gonna have far better relationships in personal and work life.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of like exactly where this campaign comes in because if you are putting all of yourself into everyone else, work, relationship, personal life-wise and not giving anything to you, you won't like have any more of yourself to give. So you really need to learn to prioritize yourself, not necessarily in a selfish way, but prioritise yourself so you can be that person for everyone else, yeah.
1: Exactly, and like, you know, once you can kind of start to nail that down and start to improve yourself, I can guarantee, like, the quality of life will start to become much better.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, but thank you so much. If you want to give um, just a shout-out of where people can find you on social,
1: yeah, hundred percent. So I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook as well, and I have a podcast myself on Spotify, and it's all um, CMaxi Fitness, so cmcc Fitness. So that's where people can find me if they
0: want. Perfect, and yeah, I'll Killian will be on a few times, kind of because obviously I'm working with them um, throughout the whole the next six months. So he's going to pop on for some other podcasts, um, and we're just going to talk about different kind of stages of your fitness journey. So thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, of course, it's a pleasure, Danny, as always. Cheers.
0: Times, bye. Bye, bye-bye. bye, bye. there we have it um really big thank you to Killian for coming on board super excited to work with him and make sure you come back next week I will be joined by Ms underscore Rio on Instagram she owns an unbelievable um budget-friendly wedding um brand um she's Irish and she's also a yogi and just an all-around boss lady and we are going to be talking about all things self-care in particular mindfulness and I am super excited so come back next week